Did you know at Kroger, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store? Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards, with no hidden fees or markups on your same family favorites, like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce. The only difference is you don't have to put on shoes. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Something has changed. I am in and out of dimensions. Might have to go back to the past to rebuild the future or to suffer in the present. But there's only one way to really start this. Welcome to the JMAT Show here on G360 Radio. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Armed with NFG and fooled by a jaded paradox, I fight through bittersweet warfare, succeeding the bare minimum while facing infinite uncertainty. No telling what the next quest will be, but you will remember me. Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? How's it going? <laughs> Very intense opening, huh? <laughs> Something a little different for you all. Yep. Welcome to the J-Man Show. I'm your host, Jay, of course, here for episode 150. Yes, we finally made it to the midpoint. You know, it's been a very interesting week. I mean, last weekend was kind of rough for me. I mean, what with the allergies and all. But, you know, coming back into it, though, I'm very happy to see that we actually went up. Ah, yes. You know, it, it, it is so great, too, man, because, you know, believe it or not, this show is getting fans. People are actually enjoying it. And see, the thing is, I mean, it's, 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 wow, well, I don't even know how to take it. I, I'm at loss for words. That usually never happens unless I'm talking to the pretty one, which is weird because I usually have that gif of gab and go after everybody after a while, but I don't know, maybe... It's that next level, and, you know, one way or another, I have to keep climbing towards it. But, um, yes, yes, I, I'm just so fascinated by the growth nowadays. I hope I'm providing a pretty good escape for you all, considering, like, you know, all things. But, um, I think it's going to be a pretty fun ride from here on out. And, and, you know, the thing is, I took the time out of my day to go ahead and share a lot of the old stuff that I made over the years. Like, believe it or not, J360 Productions is not that new. I've been at this for a while now. You know, off and on, and then times where it's like, you know, it seems like I want to stop, but I'm not going to stop because I just don't know how to do it, man. I mean, if there's one thing I am, I am a workaholic. 
and I stay on it quite a bit, <laughs> especially with what you just heard there not too long ago, because there's some voice acting gigs starting to pop up, and I want to say I want a piece of the pie, you know? Just trying to grab as much cash as I can get, because I got to keep on moving. Got to bounce. Got to get the green to make the scene. And it's about high time I did it anyway. So, yeah. It's just been fun. I mean, think about it. Four years of producing this series. And this series came about when the original series that was supposed to be the flagship show for J360 Productions fell through. And I'm sure some of you have um, taken the liberty of guessing what that show was. I'm going to give you a few minutes on that one. If you're thinking the Cyclone, you're close. The Cyclone had a chance. But you have to also realize that in 2015, when we came up with a whole new batch of shows, and this is when it was just strictly YouTube, there was the Power Play, there was the Cyclone, and then there was Mondo Rates. And you see, Mondo Rates was pretty good because at least... It gave me a chance to be a full-time producer instead of a uh, performer, too. So, you know, I gave Mondo that chance to sign for four episodes. Okay, look, it was the shortest show I've ever made, but it felt good, you know what I mean? Because I got Mondo lined up with different guests for, like, those um, four weeks. And not to mention that he actually could flow. He was great as a host. And then not only that, his rating system was pretty cool. Because, see, the thing is, he was so so broad about stuff, and he always had something to say about anything else. Getting him to rate stuff was just fun, you know what I mean? Because what we used to do, like, um, in between scenes of making the short films, I used to always be like, all right, Mondo, rate this, will you? And then he go ahead, he looks at it, and he'll say, well, you see, considering how my opinions are, Jay, and he'll probably get me for this because, uh, you know, Mocking what he says. Consider my opinions of this, Jay. I would like to say that this would be at least um, a 5.5. When he knows damn well it's a 9. Jerk. <laughs> hey, not to diss my number two too much. He's a good man. and He's he's making it big out there. I mean, I mean, what with his day job and stuff? He's got a lot to deal with. But um, also, he holds things down around here when I'm not about. And like I said, you know, at the end of the day, it was good experience for the time. I mean, granted, when I knew the show couldn't come back, that's when Fridays at J360 came about. And I was working with um, I was working with Alan at the time. And you see, like, it was all right. Decent show. You know, it gave us a lock in. It was 60 minutes of awesomeness. And, you know, we talked about anything that we could feel, you know, from... You know, things that we didn't cover in our own respective shows, which the Cyclone was a part of as a respective show. Because that show alone, that if anything, that's like the first team show that was done. You see? And it was covering sports, whereas right at J360, you can cover anything you want. But the problem is, is that much like his uh, reliability on the Cyclone series, yeah, kind of messed with Friday's at a little bit. And see, um, when you're doing something like that's a team show, all parties involved have to be reliable. See what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to diss him because, like, you know, the thing about Alan is he's a good man. And he does what he needs to do. And I'm sure he's out there. Hopefully he's not sick. Because he, you know, like, because, you know, there's some people that you know about because you knew them for a long period of time. So you kind of know, like, how their health is and stuff like that. I just hope that he's okay, much like anybody else out there in the world is. 
Yeah, but you know, like after a while, a lot of great bands break apart. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, if you're thinking about it, he, he, I'm sure hoping he's doing okay. But I know that I couldn't continue on building J360 Productions with him falling out like that. Yeah, I'm throwing some J360 history at you all today. <laughs> I had a lot of plans for episode 150 and, you know, throwing some clips up. But I also realized this. We're only 50 more episodes away from 200. So I'll give you something to look forward to. Or unless you went back and listened to some older episodes where I was really, really railing on society for its ignorance. And, you know, the thing is, I went back, too, and things didn't... Re- I was really subdued until, like, episode 13. That's when I started going off the rails. But episode 13 was a very dark episode. Black label, if you will. But, going back into it, so when Fridays at J360 wasn't coming back, I just had no choice. I said, no, nah, I'm going to do a show. It's going to be different. It's going to be unique. I'm going to go ahead and talk about anything I want in addition to my quest here and my main goals. And I'm going to go ahead and give it the name of the series that I started building in 2006. Which, if you really think about it, there are no old clips of the original, original J-Man show up on the web. Because I made sure of that. (laughs) I'm telling you this, alright? See, when I started this whole thing, I was 19. Fresh-faced, long cornrows, attitude of Huey Freeman, and had a book and a tape camcorder. What the hell was I getting into? A lot of wild stuff, especially with um my friends from high school. I mean, we were just young kids with a camera. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And Lord knows it showed because half the time we were either fighting for screen time or looking for venues to film at while trying to hide from the cops. And um <laughs> trying to make sure that the audio came out good because, you know, the mic that we had, it was most definitely mono. And then God help you if, like, the tape battery just didn't last long. There were times we went to a couple of shoots. We didn't even have any power for it. So we had to sit there and, you know, wait like, what, two to three hours for it to charge up so we could actually get some footage. And even then we had to take the footage and transfer it from tape into digital form, which if the wires were agreeing with us that day, then, you know, it was kind of a uh, 25 to 75% shot. <laughs> nothing was 50-50 back in the early days of doing J360, I'll tell you that right now but I mean at the end of the day it was it was pretty um, it was pretty fun for the time you know like because everything had its charm to it and then there was of course where slow ass YouTube was in existence, you know where you had that rendering that slowly but surely came about and I mean you had to sit there and wait for it like you couldn't just go anywhere else, you had to like wait for it to upload and then the 10-minute rule, man, I just, there's a lot to love and hate about those times. But, you know, also, like, I managed to meet a whole lot of different people at the time. And that's when Mondo kind of came into the fold, too. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, it's a step in the right direction of where to go at. And I had a lot of fun. Granted, I don't hang around with a lot of those people from high school anymore. Some of them I really don't want to hang around with. But I hope they're living their lives well. Because you see, nowadays, I'm not vengeful, folks. I'm full of zen and peace. I've been drinking a lot of green tea, and I've been kind of looking at things differently. You know, at the, at the point, you know, you realize life is plentiful. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, it's precious. And God. And the Bible. I don't know why the hell I just said that. I'm awful. Uh, for, forgive me. I, I know not what I do. Even while at the fourth season of even doing this series. But man, I tell you, 
it's been a fun, fun ride. But you know, what's interesting though, a lot of people have asked me this, why do I do the show one mic? Why not? It's different, it's unique, and you see the thing about the J-Man show, it's always been my solo adventures anyway. It's always been something that I got into, something I'm aware of, or looking at what society has done lately and called it out on it. I mean, like, if anything, it's built on that kind of format for me to do that. Because, you know, sometimes I, I have a pretty good worldview about things. And, you know, it's always just been a solo affair. Now, I've had some guests on the show, some great guests at that. You know, I had a I had a director on here, Summer Maroc Ronzo, who's currently doing it up over there in the uh, west west side of things. Stacy from the Panophobia podcast, and let's see, a friend of mine who actually is um rebuilding his rock band. So you know he's doing great. Uh, his name's Mark, and he was on the Cyclone a few times. So at the end of the day, you know, I like to say that every time I had a guest on here, it was a whole new experience and a whole new adventure. But I do know this, though. This show also has some limitations to it, like such as the language barrier. Now, you see, the thing is about my guests. See, I can't curse. But my guests, on the other hand, chances are they probably want to feel liberated and free about their cursing. So I noticed that with that certain scenario going down, see, this was a this was based on a, a whole thing that me and my dad have. So my dad challenges me now and again. And I accept the challenge, being who I am. He was like this. As soon as I finished the 40th episode of the J-Man show, that was like the last time I could ever really, you know, go about the Navy life. Because um, he said, hey, I challenge you. Can you do the show without too much cussing? And I was like, hmm. Yeah, let's see, old man. Can I do the show without too much cussing? Yes, I think I can. Yeah, I'll I'll bet you on that. That's why episode 41, The Lament, was, you know, more or less not necessarily about cursing. It was more or less about, you know, dealing with the restrictions that the FCC tries to put on people. And they were going to try to put on a few things for content creators at the time, too. Especially when we lost net neutrality. So I was like, nope, still going to keep producing content. They can't stop me from doing that. So that's what that whole episode was about. And then it led into season two of this series. So that's when things started to get a little cleaner. But like a friend of mine says, yeah, I may not be as profane, but I'm very eloquent about my um, opinion and views on things. And then, of course, you know, you know, a friend of mine uh, sent me a voicemail today. By the way, shout outs to B-Rob. I love the rambling with Rob show. <laughs> Random ramblings with Rob, that is. You crazy son of a... Hey, man. When you leave a voicemail like that, you know I'm going to laugh at it first. Eventually, we will meet up along the way. This is the fourth season of me doing this show, for goodness sakes. I just got on Cult 45 podcast. By the way, shout out to Beat Him Down and Random Randy. You, you see, the thing is, it's like, hey, man, I'm, I plan to visit everybody's show at least once in a while. It's just right now, make or break, finals, all that kind of stuff. You know I had to do a couple of scale backs. Shoot, I'm definitely going to go ahead and book my appearance on your show. It's going to happen on your show, because that leads into what I had to explain to you all right now. There is an uncut J360 show happening. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It is J360 Radio Live. That is going to be the show that's open to everybody. Like, I I mentioned it before on another episode, you know, open the gates. Everybody can come through. Any content creator out there can visit me on that show. I don't even care if you do porn. 
you can go ahead and be on there. It doesn't bother me. I mean, chances are I get to be as filthy as I want to be, but not to the point where you can meet to my ass. I'm not having it. <laughs> but I will tell you this. It'll be fun to do because, I, like I said, much like Bob Saget, I got a whole material of stuff I just need to get off my chest sometimes. And I can't put it on the J-Man show, but I could definitely put it on the Uncut show. You can think of it as a little bit of an After Dark special, if you will. So I've been working on that scenario, as a matter of fact. Eh, I got another format, too, but you guys are going to be surprised with that one. You see, I might have scaled back on a few things, but it doesn't mean I don't have the plans for them. And the same thing goes for um, the Cyclone. A lot of people ask me, is the Cyclone coming back? Well, right now... There's a lot of off-field activity to report on. And, of course, there's some sports documentaries out there to talk about. But mm, I don't know. It really depends on where these um, where these leagues are going to take their uh, new seasons. If we do get anything significant, it'll probably come back. It might be in a limited form. But, you see, I'm not entirely done with the Cyclone series. Because much like anything else, it just depends on who's dedicated, who really wants to be a part of that sports show. And then I'll see if I can give you a shot for it. But I cannot make any promises because, you know, that'd be the third time of even unleashing this show. I remember 2015. 2015 was a good year, yes. And it was a nice trial and a nice event to get where we need to be. But the problem is, it, it, it fell through because we had, like, this one guy on there. And I don't know what it is, but you see, like, when you have certain people in your group... And everybody's all together in one, but you have that one person in there that just doesn't agree with the group, think it's all about them, pretty much tries to act like um, he's uh, Roger Waters and Pink Floyd. Like, like oh, I got to be everybody. I got to be the front man, the producer, the, the, the whole crux of the band, the star of the show. And it's like, nah, dude, nah, my dude, you're not the star of the show. You're not the producer, which is me. You're not anything up here. As a matter of fact, you are lower than pigeon stool right now. I think you need to just chill a little bit. And you see, the reason why all that was is because he was a perfectionist. Everything had to be 100% perfect. And if there's one thing I know, don't even try it. It's never going to be perfect. Like, if anything, you've seen it on major budget films where they have you know, errors and goofs and all this other stuff. They even have continuity problems. What make you think that even an independent production like us, even though we don't have glaring flaws, because remember, we've been in a rebuild for a few times too. But even though, like most of the time, we don't have any glaring flaws. But he sees them because he's a very flawed individual and he has a hard time understanding it. Now that guy, I personally don't care what happens to him. You see what I'm saying? Because I managed to throw him out in a good way because, one, I rebuilt the show, and, two, it was about a sport he didn't care about, and, three, we managed to go ahead and bring in a part of J360 Radio because originally it was going to just be on the J360 TV circuit. And I was totally happy with it. Because he's like, like, worrying people about it. He was worrying the other two people that were on staff, and I was like, come on, dude. You're not going to be on this show simply because of your attitude. Just get out. Shoot. And as a producer, you know, that's just a rough part of being a producer. You got to go ahead and just be like, yeah, not going to happen. Or a station manager, if you will. And I get to play both roles of those. It's just, It was just so ridiculous with that guy. 
He's out there somewhere, probably wishing he was a part of something until somebody else throws him out. I think that's why he lost his garage band, too. Yeah, sad. But, you know, you got a lot of individuals out here that think they are bigger than what they are. Think that, oh, just because, you know, I get a lot of attention and all that stuff, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm incredible at what I do. You got to stay humble sometimes. Yeah. Even J-Man admits staying humble. And then there's times where, you know, (laughs) I'm just so stubborn about crap. But the thing is, I'm not trying to be uh, self-indulgent here. What I'm saying is, I'm just letting you know how the history grew about. And then you realize this, okay? The J-Man show had massive growth. Okay, not too much massive growth. It had minute growth. It was getting there. You know what I mean? Especially being on SoundCloud. And see, I started to get interested in it because there's other people in J360 Productions. So I was like, hey, all right, let's go ahead and bring the Cyclone back. That would be my gift to them. And then, you know, I had Alan and Dev on the Cyclone. And they managed to run it pretty good, you know. I don't know what happened at the tail end of it, but I do know, like, in the beginning, the beginning is always great. They were doing pretty all right. So, you know, you had two shows there in J360. And then it's like this, okay. Well, since we're doing a different medium right now, here comes J360 Radio, and it envelopes both of them. And then, see, the thing is, you had Cyclone on Tuesdays, and then you had J360. Um, no, 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 that didn't come till later. You had um, you had the Cyclone, then you had the J-Man show. And that was back-to-back, at least for a while there. And then, of course, I got to the notion of this. I love doing the backstage riots. If there was one thing that was keeping it afloat next to the power play... It was definitely the backstage riots. And I'm sure some of you have seen them. I mean, I managed to take um, all of them now, and they're on this marathon mix. So you can like listen to all 14 episodes anytime you want to. I pretty much shared it around today so you all could just get a kick out of how everything got started. Because it was me and the rest of the crew at the time just <laughs> going at anything upon anything. And it was one of the best like impromptu improv shows we have ever made. I think we stopped at episode 14 because, you know, I just got, um, I wanted to go into something different. So, you know, I had to venture into, like, um, different areas. And that's kind of the way I was looking at it. I was like, all right, well, this is fun for now, but I want to go ahead and I want to do something a little bit more. But you see, the thing is, other people love the riots. Like, they love the wild stuff. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can make a spiritual successor to it because... You know, sometimes nothing can ever really match the impact of what you had there. So I was like, all right, let's give them something that can actually, you know, give them a little taste that hits the ground, can cover any subject, and usually happens in real time, which is where the mini bites came from. And then the first few mini bites, they were, you know, kind of iffy. They were okay, but, you know, they weren't necessarily the best because, you know, it's, it's a tease. But then later on, I started to develop and uh, make the show a little bit better. You know, like I started saying, okay, instead of like limited run here, how about this? We make it all the way up to like 15 minutes instead of 10. And then you see the thing is, have it come up as the first show instead of the Cyclone. Because the Cyclone was having its production problems then. And then at that point, started to work out. And then because the Cyclone had so many production problems, that's when the double specials started coming in for the J-Man show. And it really depends on how often society annoys the living hell out of me because I could go ahead and do an episode anytime I wanted to. See what I'm saying? 
And I started doing the uh, portable setups. Oh, which was funny, by the way. You ever see that? Well, of course, you've all seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw the part where Iron Man first flew in um his um Mark II suit, right? Okay, so, see, I did something similar to that when I started doing the show's portable. I had my stuff set up in my car, weighed and anchored down, and then I just started doing the J-Man show, like, three different episodes just riding around in my car in the state of Delaware talking, you know, talking S. Yeah, just just talking mad trash, just riding around everywhere. And, and, and I didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, episode 25, what, what you heard, the whole portable stuff, yeah, that's just me riding around Delaware talking about comics. Like, I, I, I just didn't care. I was just going to test it out and do it anyway. I was going to do the same thing with my GoPro, but uh, my clamp my clamp broke. So I was like, nah, I ain't going to fool with that right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just had a good time doing it. And you see, like, when it comes to experimental episodes like that, now the portable setup's a lot different. So I don't necessarily have to do that anymore. But, um, yeah. So, you know, you just come up with different ways of getting the gimmicks together. And then it was just fun to do. <laughs> would I do it again? Oh, I totally would. This time I got lobs. So, hey, why not? But, um, yes, moving forward into the other aspects of it. Are, believe it or not, this series was supposed to last only 10 episodes. Yep, the J-Man show was only supposed to last from 1 to 10. Like, when I did that whole thing telling you, like, what, you know, what matters between of a good movie or a bad movie is your opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be it. The final kicker. Apparently not, since we're well into triple digits now. Yep. Not gonna happen. I, there's no stopping it. And not to mention, like, I, I can see it now. I could be old and feeble and be like, I don't know if I'm gonna do episode 800 yet. I think I'm just gonna sit here and and, 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 and fall over. Of course, at that point, I'll probably be out there at the portable set and uh, somewhere like looking at clouds and stuff, and being senile. See, that's the old guy I want to be. I, I don't want to be the old guy that 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 you know stares at people. I want to be the old guy that looks at clouds and yells at them. You you know what I mean? Because at least then that person, you know, he did a dedicated service before he went insane. Whereas the other person just stands there in the house all day and looks at something and just be like, I can't believe these young kids. What are they trying to do? All that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, I think my dad does that, doesn't he? Like, like I don't know. Next time I see him, and I mean, hopefully with no signs of Corona being around, when I when I see him, you know, I might have to see how his mannerisms are. <laughs> because I'm slowly but surely turning into him, though. Even at 30, because, like, my eyes now uh, slant up, and I look around at people, and I'm like, you know, kind of like I don't really look at you. <laughs> I like how this sleepy-eyed look nowadays and stuff. I used to have, like, the mean face look, but I don't know what's going on, man. It's called, I guess it's called evolution, but I, I don't know. But it's just one of them wild things. But you see, the thing is, it's like, I have to continue on doing what I do best, and I love doing the J-Man show, and I love doing the mini bites. And the mini bites grew into their own after episode seven. Like, the first few were okay, but things start to grow. And then, like, like that's how our plan usually is. You'll know how good your show is, usually about five to ten episodes. And the best part is, even even if you do horrible episodes, like this episode could be considered horrible, just do them anyway. Just have a good time with it. 
I mean, I noticed a lot of people have went inactive on the shows because they didn't know where to take them. But you got to figure out what other angle have you, you know, have you crossed every single angle or are you just being lazy? And then you don't let imposter syndrome come in to mess all that stuff up. And then you become driven on a few things. Because you see, a long time ago, I actually won an award doing audio production. Mm -hmm. It was the best in of 2012. So you can't win something like that and just think that, hey, I'm going to hang it up after 10 episodes. And then not to mention, Valentine's Day was hanging in the midst. And man, do I have a lot to say about people when it comes to romance and relationships. Because I think even with the evolution of technology or the growth of things, we're still finding ways to flail at the gate and and have no ways of crossing into actually achieving stuff. Now, some have. I'm not saying that everybody has this problem. But there's quite a lot of people out there not good at all. And you see the thing is about the Valentine's Day episodes? I love doing them. I love doing them because sometimes I get some wild stuff in the mail, man. I get a lot of wild things to look at and, and I sit there and I read it. And I'm like, how the hell is this person even considered a match? Or how the hell is this person even thinking that they're going to find somebody of this caliber? Especially in times of peak recession or when people are just notorious for lying. Not to mention, like, there's those people out there that sit there and say, we're going to eventually date a rich man. I'm like, how the hell are you even thinking that this is going to be a good idea? This could backfire so many ways. And if it does on you, you've earned it. Instead of just giving a brother uh, out here that's actually making some decent flow a shot or a chance. But, you know, some people just like what they like and feel as though they got to live that reality TV lifestyle. Which, by the way... It's nice to see that there isn't too much of that going on right now. It's still there, yes, but, you know, not too much of it's going on because of, you know, reasons. But it's just, it's just, come on, man, you know? Though I would like to see some more Hell's Kitchen. Anytime now, you know, I mean, like, what, we managed to get to season 18, right? Jeez, I would like to get to season 19 or season 20. I mean, come on now. I want to see Gordon Ramsay yell at some more people before he gets old and senile. No offense to Gordo Ram, I mean, that Chef Ramsay. Almost called him Gordo. <laughs> wow, could you imagine if I actually did? I could see all the epitaphs coming at him, but you see the funny part about that is, I would actually accept that, though, because he's one of my heroes. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, um, this whole adventure here, I gotta go ahead and give a shout-out and a thanks to the most important people. Yeah, the staff, the staff, of course. But I also got to say thank you to all of you out there who have taken the time to listen to me. To actually hear me during the rambling, to hear me during when I did Black Labels. Throughout this whole adventure, you all have been very important. Not to mention that you've been sharing and getting my name out there. It's actually been pretty pretty um, interesting. And I, I, you know, I'm humble. I, I really am. It's just really cool to see it. You know, like, finally things are going in the right direction. After so many periods of darkness, finally a light. And I have a surprise for all of you. Now, consider this, right? We had a poll going for about at least four days. And that poll was for picking what is to be the official J360 Productions mascot. Now, a few of you picked Tiger. And a lot of you picked Dragon. So, it is anonymous. Uh, it is anonymous. What the? F- it's unanimous. 
Oh, God, I can't even use my words right, man. Okay, look, it is official. The The mascot is officially a dragon. Yep, it is a dragon. And this is cool, too, because, you know, my pops loves dragons. And, you know, I've always been about the dragon life, too. So, yes, it is officially a dragon that is going to be the face and the mascot of J360 Productions. And I've been looking at a few designs to try to um build around it as well. Because I had an idea of it, man. Because this has been something that's been bothering me since 2006. Like, what would be the actual mascot of this company? So, yes. A nice, powerful, fiery, and hey, why not give it an ice power too? Basic dragon. That'd be cool. And you know what? And I have to thank all of you for participating in that. That was really nice. Okay, and speaking of which, uh, Schlockomania. There is a Schlockomania film to talk about this week. You know, this one was interesting. Now, how do you all feel about social media? Love it, hate it, live with it, or cherish it? And I say that last because a lot, there are some people out there that really love this stuff. But you see, the thing about social media is people give a lot of their information away, right? You know, it seems like it's the best basis for a horror film to make, right? Right. But some of these don't make the grade. Like, you could take a look at the Unfriended films. I mean, give or take, the second one tried, but the first one was just, eh. Like, none of the characters in that movie were likable. Every single one of them was just, you're just hoping the killer kills them. And then you find out that it's the spirit of the popular girl whose best friend was hosting the chat, or, well, she wasn't hosting the chat, right? She was, no, no, she was hosting the chat. And she was sleeping with her boyfriend to make Balchino on her boyfriend. One of them kind of scenarios. But it was the ghost of the girl. Well, no, no, no. It was the ghost of the girl calling all of them. So she was technically the host. And wiped out the girl right then and there at the end. Yeah, it was just as bad as how I just explained it in a very bad way. Because I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Well, you see, there was another movie that was based around the same angle, only this time it dealt with influencers, and it's called Followers. And you see, the thing about Followers was, it was, like, you take, like, a very, very pretty woman, and you take a very handsome man, and then they're both content creators, one deals with fitness, the other one deals with yoga and fitness. And then they have a great relationship. They live in a wonderful apartment together. Yeah, it's one of these kind of things. It, it, you see, like, however, as they as they live in complete bliss with one another, I think his name was Caleb and her name was Brooke. Yeah, Caleb and Brooke. Very, very interesting names, right? They live together and they're about to go on this camping trip. And I've noticed, and you see where the genericness of it all is because they're going on a camping trip. So they're going on this camping trip where he plans to propose to her during the romantic season, and she's trying to get more views because, you know, namaste. So, as as they are making their way to it, this whole little innocent affair gets interrupted by two, uh, you know, two idiots out here that are, they're documentary filmmakers, and they want to expose why people, why it's dangerous to, give so much information about yourself on the internet as an influencer 
Or basically, they're just jealous of the influencer life. Well, one of them wants to do the documentary right, but the other one, however, he's a sociopath, and he's just jealous of their lifestyle. And it comes into play as they uh, identify themselves and they talk to us because it shifts from their point of view towards the influencer's point of view. And you see the thing about the influencers, right? They're not completely awful people. You see what I'm saying? Whereas you look at the guys that are making the documentary film, they're pretty much creeps and jerks or just really, really jealous stereotypes. And, and, and the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, these guys, I can't root for them. I, I sure hope whatever's going to be the killer is going to wipe them out quicker, quicker than they need to be. And the thing is, is that guess what? It doesn't really happen like that. You see, old Caleb, all he's trying to do is he wants to propose to Brooke. That's all he want to do. He don't even care about the views or nothing. Brooke wants to look good for the camera, but you see, at the same time, she wants to be around civilization, too. Not to go so deep in the woods where they ain't got no contact and no Wi-Fi. And then the two... Oh, God, I just really can't stand them. You know, the thing about it is, is because it's not because of what they're trying to do. That's bad enough. But it's the fact that they are a stereotype of what aspiring filmmakers are. People already think we're creepy because of what we can do, folks. I mean, at the end of the day, I just hate it, (laughs) you know? And and then as we get to the point, like, they all have a hard time getting to this campsite because it's the primitive campsite. And you see... Nothing really happens. They show you pretty much the movie from their point of view. It's like they're talking to us through their camera phone, similar like Quarantine or um, Cloverfield. And you see, like, nothing really happens the first night, but then you see, like, the the guys, they put on their mask and stuff. They're trying to scare them. But you see, like, it turns out the one guy actually had a real gun, and he said, you know, instead of just doing the documentary, the original plan, I'm going to do the documentary this way. That way, so you'll all remember this. You you all will remember everything that I do. And I was like, bro, 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 bro. That's, that's not how it's done. I mean, you make another film behind this. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, see, that's me as a filmmaker talking to the, the, the idiot filmmaker on TV. But I, I digress. And then as he's saying all that, and he's running around with the gun waving, they manage to hold Brooke at gunpoint. They bring her back to her campsite. They got Caleb all handcuffed up. And then, like, the other filmmaker, the the honest one, he's like, hey, no, 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 man, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. This isn't what we're supposed to be doing. And then, like, the the sociopath, the one, he's like, no, man, they can't be always going about living their lives this way. I'm going to put a stop to it. Of course, it didn't happen like that because Homeboy ended up getting own boy get, ended up getting hacked <laughs> by this random by this random individual and then I'm sitting there thinking where the hell did this person come from and then it turned out that um that the other guy his name was Nick actually yeah now I remember his name Nick manages to find Brooke and then they both run away from the campsite because of what happened leaving Caleb chained up there and then when they get back to the campsite after some things are explained you know, Caleb's not there anymore. But there's a trail of blood where um, the other guy was. He's not important. He's an idiot. He got killed, right? Thank God. Okay, okay, I take that back. But still, he got killed. And then Caleb's over there somewhere else. They try to look for Caleb eventually, 
But then it turns out that they get caught up by, well, Brooke gets caught up by one of these, um, one of these people that are from this certain sect. And it turned out that the whole campsite there is actually a meeting place for this cult. Now we don't really get to know the cult worth anything, but the cult has a lot of followers and ding, ding. And you see, as the cult has a lot of followers, he is going to take Brooke and Caleb to the land of enlightenment, which means he's going to slit them by the throat. So while they had Brooke all, well, they had Brooke chained up, but Caleb is obviously chained up because of what happened earlier. And you see, he didn't get a chance to propose, but he did get to meet his maker because the man slit his throat right then and there. And that's the end of Caleb. And they were about to get Brooke, but then the brave filmmaker, he stood up and he said, no, which alerted them. Brooke got away, but old man was the set coming for him. And then as they managed to, and I don't know how it is, but this one influencer guy, maybe, maybe they're supposed to be the opposite of the other influencers, but in a way they kind of found that source they needed for their documentary because those women were very loyal to the cult master here. And you see those women. They managed to corner the brave filmmaker, whereas the man, the cult leader himself, walked right over there, knocked him over, stomped him down in the ground, leaving us to look at the camera looming as it took a Dutch angle to the right. Oh, no, to the left. And given that weird Kubrick kind of feel to it, because at that point we know he's dead. But it's like the guy didn't even take the time to fight back. And then Brooke, Brooke managed to get back in her car, but there was no keys. So she's sitting in there talking about like how she gives her um, final statement to her followers, her family and everything. Well, I mean, she can't call for help. There's no Wi-Fi there. So she's sitting in that car that has no keys and the followers are right there beating up against the car and everything. But the problem is Brooke forgot to lock the door because the door is open. They pull Brooke out. And then last we hear is a scream, and then it cuts off to the title that says followers. Yeah, this is how interesting that movie is. See, not only did we, we, we had a decoy antagonist, so I guess that was interesting. I mean, who, who wanders all the way deep into a campsite nowadays to propose to somebody? I, I mean, I guess it is interesting if there's like stars and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, there's a way you can kind of do that, though. You can go to, like, any other area to do it. You don't have to go, like, real, real deep into the primitive lands. And then not only that, it's it's just um, those documentary filmmakers really annoyed the hell out of me. You know, as a filmmaker myself, I mean, granted, like, we do weird stuff to get the shot, but it's like you are kind of invading somebody else's privacy in a way, you know? And it makes me wonder how the whole vacation would have ended up had they have not been a complete non-factor in this movie. Is it is it good in the way it's carried? Well, it's not about whether it's good or bad. Is it watchable? Yeah, it's watchable. It, it, you, you, all you need to do is watch it one time. And just be like, hmm, well, you gotta go to another one. Like, Friend Request is a better movie than what this one was. This movie was just like, okay, I see how this all plays out, but I have a lot of questions in the end. And it's not a good kind of question. It's like, well, what's, what, what, wait, where, where we go from what happened? If anything, it's more of a two star rating on the J Man scale. 
And it's a perfect fit for Schlockomania. So I'll just let it say this. You guys can go ahead and watch that on Amazon Prime if you want to. Much like anything else, because that is a den of great schlock. But hmm. other than, um, no, I, I really didn't care for it. I was going to try to redeem it. I, I, I don't care for it. <laughs> so no ways about that. Oh, man. But, you know, maybe there's going to be something else out there that's palpable, too. Especially when we got another Slacko movie coming. And I can just see the queue looking right at me. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, You know, and speaking of which, I wanted to go ahead and let you all know this. I'm going away for a week. Yep. I earned it. I'm going to go ahead and chill out for a bit here at the peakness of this time. Um, when I want to get back, we will have a double special dealing with some more Schlockomania films. And I just want to let you know, like, this might have felt like a ramble, but I did wanted to share some J360 history with you all. And the thing is, is that, you know, it's only going to get better from here on out. And I have all of you to thank. So, you know, as we keep going and growing, I just, uh... Might do some more special stuff for you. Oh, speaking of which, the power play. Uh, the multi-stream, yes. We tried it. It didn't go so well. Well, it kind of did, but it kind of didn't. So here's what I'm going to also do. Since the week is still new, this Friday I'm going to go ahead and give you a proper episode for it, okay? We're going to redo a few things, but it's going to be on Twitch, okay? I just was doing too much at that time. But until then, though, this is the J-Man signing off, and you all take it easy from here on out. And once again... Thank you.